Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. It's me, Al Wayman, and welcome to another podcast of the Pin Tool Podcast. Today, it's Sunday morning, and I am sitting out in my beautiful lawn next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. The, uh, the lawn was mowed three days ago, and already the dandelions are coming up through the grass, and these beautiful orange meadow flowers are just cropping up all over in it, and it sure looks beautiful. And I hope you, the listener, can hear these beautiful birds singing. So it's another day that I get up and get to make pots. I was off for a week at work on vacation, and this month has been pretty hectic, uh, both in the pottery and at work. Um, we had some crazy things going on and some upgrades and working all that out. And in the pottery, had a lot of different things. I had a few shows local that I went to, and I posted some images on those shows on my Facebook page. And I had a real fun time. I loaded up the treadle wheel and went to Knoxon, Pennsylvania, to a little music festival. They had five or six bands there, and I set up the treadle wheel and threw some old-timey handmade pots. And the kids had fun watching, and the adults had fun watching, and they sold a few things. And it's always fun to get out and toss pots with the locals. And I realized that if you threw anything over 10 pounds, uh, people gather around, and they're quite amazed. And they may even let you join the band, right? So... <laughs> So I threw some bigs to get some action going, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But here I am now. I'm trying to get caught up. I got a few orders to get out, and Memorial Day weekend's coming up. So we were planning on going on a nice camping trip. But I had to get a lot of work done on my car engine. And it costs about $4,200. Now, friends, I don't know about you, but I don't know any working person that has $4,200 just laying around. So I had to scrounge a little bit from our accounts, take some stuff out of our savings, sell some pots, and not get supplies to go on that camping trip because I didn't realize the car bill would be so expensive. But I finally got it back. It runs great. And guess what? It's paid for. And I don't have a car payment because I'd rather spend 4200 on making the repairs and driving a couple of years than getting another used vehicle. So I, I think I lucked out there. So, it's, so I've just been relaxing trying to get caught up 
And uh, I got a bunch of mugs I got to glaze uh, later today. And I have a bunch of bowls I need to glaze later today. And I'll probably do a firing later tonight so those pots will come out Memorial Day afternoon. And then I can uh, go to my aunt's for a picnic. And then when I get back, finish boxing things up and send things out on Tuesday morning. So, I was happy to be interviewed by the Potscast podcast. And I'll post a link for it in the description. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, went over some of my background, how I think about pots. And we're going to talk about the topic a little bit more on what that topic was that I talked about with Amanda. Samantha is about the kiln gods, right? Because I am of the belief there are no kiln gods. So I'll explain a little more about what I mean by that. But I hope that you all are having an excellent summer. And May is finally here. And the birds are singing. And it's warming up. And we made it through the long, cold winter. Thank goodness. I didn't get the garden in yet. Uh, I've been holding off. We had a few frosts already. We had to bring in the tomato plants a few times that we had sprouted. Um, so it's just been a little bit chilly. But I'm hoping to get on that quickly. If not, Memorial Day, um, soon after that, to get things in. I put in grow bags, and everything's rocky up here. So we use grow bags. Another thing that happened, which was pretty interesting, that I almost forgot to tell you, uh, I had a wood kiln given to me. Uh, I was throwing pots Mother's Day, minding my own business. And uh, I got a text from my old professor and uh, Matt Pobsey out of Marywood University. He's a really good artist. He penned me and he said, hey, Al, um, we have this kiln and uh, we're getting too old to fire it. Do you want it? And I never, I never answered the, a text so fast, friends. So I'm talking to an old, an old friend who helped to manage it, and Matt, and we're going to um, make plans to take that kiln apart and bring it over here to my property and reconstruct it. Now, I need to raise money to do all that because I'll probably have to rent a flatbed truck or have a driver come over, load it on, and bring it over. Once we get all the bricks stacked on the pallets, I'll need a pad put in uh, to put the kiln on top and then um, I'll need a pavilion over top of it but we'll get there because I'm not saying no to this thing another thing about wood firing um, Amanda Samantha has uh, scheduled myself Tim C and another to talk about wood firing on her podcast over at the Potscast 
podcast. So if you catch that, um, it'll be coming out. We'll post links for it. That'll be a really good discussion. I have fired wood in the past, not a whole lot. I'm a gas guy. Uh, for the last uh, seven years, eight years, I've just been firing gas, all gas, updrafts. But uh, before that, I did a few wood firings. But being that I'm building one here, or reconstructing one and putting one in, um, I thought I'd go on and maybe I could learn something from Tim C. Uh, he's a pretty decent wood fire guy and wonderful artist. And if you haven't seen any of his work, uh, he does some amazing cartoon line drawings on wood-fired um, tin cans and mugs. He, he makes the ceramic ware look like tin cans. He does back wiping of uh, red iron oxide on his pieces and uses underglazes. And, and just does amazing work. So, uh, he's from upstate New York. I'm going to be on chatting with him about all that. So... If you can make it, uh, listen, I think it'll be very educational for everybody. And even myself, maybe I can ask Tim C. some tips on how I can get this process underway to save myself some pain, right? So I have some plans already on how I'm going to do it. Uh, I just need to take it down, stack all the bricks on pallets, get them over here, and then they turned over all the plans to the kiln. So I have all the plans, and I'm going to try labels and take pictures, but it's going to be a big job. But I'm not going to say no to it, because I don't know anybody that would say no to a free wood kiln. Would you? All right, so let me know. Um, we're going to head down to the creek again. Maybe I'll just stay here, right? I'll just stay here. And I'm gonna go I'm gonna go get a coffee first. How about that? I'm gonna run and get a coffee. And you all grab chairs and you all come down and hang out in my backyard next to the cold Tuscarora Creek among the flowers and the singing birds. And we're gonna talk about the kiln gods today. So I'll see you in a minute, okay? All right, so I made it back, got my coffee. Hopefully you all are here. Got your chairs gathered around amongst the flowers next to the cold Tuscarora Creek on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, the topic we're gonna talk about is kiln gods. Cause you hear people joke about it all the time and they're putting work in the kiln and they're hoping the kiln gods give them an excellent load. Well, there's a secret to appeasing the kiln gods. And that secret is there are no kiln gods. Now, I laugh about that because when I was back at the all-women's pottery, she used to place this beautiful Mexican ceramic lady with this beautiful dress on top the kiln and that lady was the kiln goddess and if she was on there we were supposed to get a perfect load every time even when we didn't so <laughs> and i still have her 
I still have her. Um, my mentor from the All Women's Pottery when I helped her retire and shut down her studio probably about five years ago now. She gave me the kiln goddess to put on my kiln. <laughs> and so don't tell anybody I have used it a few times uh, just for old-timey memories, not necessarily uh, for results. So if you think about it, nobody ever says, I hope the throwing gods help me make this mug. I'm leaving it up to the throwing gods. Or nobody ever said, I hope that my bulls turn out. I'm just going to take this one pound ball of clay, start tossing, and I'm just hoping that the throwing gods help me make this bull. Like, I never heard that. And friends, I have never heard, oh, I need to trim a lot of pots today. I sure hope that the trim gods help me trim out all these mugs and get them handled. Or, oh, I sure hope that the trim gods help me trim out all these bulls and that I don't go through the bottom on any of them. Um, I never heard that. And even when it comes to bisque firing, I never heard... Oh, I'm going to leave it up to the bisque fire gods and hope that my slab platter doesn't crack, right? I never heard that. It's always the kiln gods, and it's always mostly coming out of the glaze load, right? So what I think what happens is what we may fear and what we might not know about, we tend to leave to the gods and to fate to help it work out. But as we practice and we do things more often, we get more comfortable with process and we get more comfortable with technique to where there are fewer mistakes. So when you're first throwing and you're learning to throw, you, you're pretty happy after the 20th time, once you get it centered, and once you uh, get a few pulls out of your ball of clay that's spinning on the wheel, uh, you're pretty happy that you made a cup, right? I, I remember when I first made my cup in ceramics, ceramics 2 was throwing. Ceramics 1 was slab building. But I was pretty happy when I spun out my first cup, right? And you might want to keep that cup and be happy about it. And you might even feel lucky that you got that cup at all. Because the process was a little bit unknown still. And you feel that fate or luck or the throwing gods may have helped you out a little bit. And you're just like, oh, thank goodness. And then you go to the drying stage after you get that throwing Maybe handle pulling. Oh, thank goodness the handles didn't crack, right? So each stage that we work through, we become more and more familiar with the techniques. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about not being afraid 
to do your firings and concentrate more on the um, concentrate more on the process rather than the uh, results maybe. So this will help you get better at the techniques without caring so much for the results. And you'd be like, ow, oh, how are you going to do that? Because we need results. Like, I'm making all these mugs. I don't want to waste my time. I want them all to come out. However, results and the final pieces will be the byproduct of good process and good technique done without fear. So, should we play it safe and not take chances? No. As artists, we have permission to mess up, right? And I know a lot of artists and potters who say you have to make a hundred mugs um, to get a good one. And you shouldn't keep any mugs until you hit mug 101, right? And there's a reason for that. Not everybody agrees, but there's a reason for that. It's because they want you to practice the technique over and over um, so that you can make a lot more mugs rather than just keep and perfect the one, right? So, so that's the same idea applied to firing. And it can be scary, but I think that if there are certain techniques that you might do and you have problems that you're trying to troubleshoot and work out, spend more time working out those problems and those techniques rather than focusing on getting the piece to come out of the kiln at all. So I think a good technique would be to say, I'm going to put all these mugs in here. These are new type handles. And I practiced dipping when I usually, when I usually uh, use a brush. And I dipped these twice. I have no idea how they're going to come out, but this is my dipping glaze, and I need to practice dipping. So, the only way that you're going to get good at practice dipping is to dip a lot of pots, right? So, you need to give yourself permission to screw it up bad to learn the techniques of dipping. So, after you get all your pots dipped, right, you'll say, well, I'm going to put these through the kiln. Because I practice dipping, I want to see how they turn out. So you fire that load. They all look ugly, right? They all look ugly. The glaze browns out, right? Because this was a new test for a new glaze. And you're just getting to know it. Maybe your kiln in the center fired hot, right? She's like, man, this glaze fired out hot. Burned out all my color. But, all my dip lines are straight. And nothing stuck to the shelves. I learned to dip. And that is amazing. So next time, when I fire, I just need to concentrate on the correct temperature. So that's how you would advance towards getting better and better kiln loads. And not depending so much on the kiln gods or any gods for that matter, is just through practice and um, trying things out. So 
are some things left up to fate for sure but the more you practice at a craft and the more you practice at what you do um, the more familiar and the more um, easier it is to do those techniques that you once struggled with before like learning to ride a bike um, you can't say that you want to do the Tour de France uh, just hopping on a bike if you never even rode one before. Um, you probably could, and you can work your way to the Tour de France, but you need to fall off that bike and figure out how to pedal it first, right? So that's what we're doing. We're, we're pedaling. You cannot hop on the bike if you never even rode it, or only rode it a few times, and say, I'm leaving it up to the kiln gods, to help me win the Tour de France. <laughs> you just got to practice. And the more you practice, get a good team of people around you, you can uh, Lance Armstrong it out. So uh, that's how that works, I think. And so just like with throwing, just like with trimming, um, your glazing, uh, your, your firing should be that way also. And... Don't ever think that work cannot be influenced inside the kiln. Uh, there's many different firing techniques. There's many different firing schedules. And I think that the work is not complete once you glaze it. So I hear some people talk about, well, you know, I, I glazed my piece and I put it in the kiln and I hope for the best. Um, here at Pottery, I fire updraft kilns manually. I got, I got five updrafts. And I need to be out there when they're firing, right? And I need to watch that cone. And I need to be doing stuff to that kiln. Because it's not automatic and I don't leave it up to the kiln gods. I know that some of those kilns fire hot bottoms, hot tops, and a whole bunch of different things. So each kiln in essence, has its own personality. So I may decide that something may need to go another 15 minutes past the cone drop just so the top comes in better. Updrafts tend to fire uneven. Um, there's usually a cone difference from the bottom to the top shelf. So what I have been doing is getting a wide range glaze. Um, I fire... Uh, cone uh, four to six and I put those pots in and where I would like the different effects to happen I put those pots in the different places of the kiln and also too I can mess with the top damper uh, by closing that up a little bit creating more reduction I can open that up creating less reduction and if I want oxidation, I just put it in the kiln that has the most holes. And I leave the peepholes out <laughs> and I fire an oxidation load in a gas kiln. So as long as I keep that flame just under the lid, I'm not getting heavy reduction. Air is being drawn in through the, through the ports and through the peepholes. And uh, I can get an oxidation load in the reduction kiln. Um, so if I want to reduce that more, I have the flame licking out of that top hole just a little bit. 
and um, uh, use enough oxygen in that kiln to uh, change those uh, change those uh, glazes uh, in there a little bit better. And also, it's where the where the flame hits the pots too. I always find interesting. Um, another thing that I've been doing lately to influence the firing and not be so dependent on the kiln gods and to create work inside the kiln um, I have been pushing wood down into that hole and it's like raku firing at cone 6 so I have a catch bowl a big cracked catch bowl uh, one of my bigs that had a bottom cracker in uh, it's bisque and I put it underneath the um, the top hole of the vent in the top of the kiln and at the end of the firing once it reaches once that cone drops um, I push wood down in there and I close it off and let it smoke out in there kind of like a raku firing and that ups the reduction process in the kiln and I get some really beautiful um, carbon trapping in those glazes and smoke lines and all kinds of stuff in the pots so I, actually, I am making art and influencing the work, even though it's being fired in the kiln, and even though the process is almost done. That's the beautiful part of it. And once I get the wood kiln here, um, I'm going to be able to maybe try a few things uh, using wood. And there's many other firing techniques. There's... Um, uh, pit firing and all kinds of things that you can do so don't ever think that you need to depend on the kiln gods you just need lots of practice so that you can get your work through all the processes and tell your story to the world when it comes out right because if you don't tell your story to the world uh, someone else will and you may not like what they say, right? So, so be sure to make good work and uh, use your time wisely. We don't have a lot of time left. Think on your end because it'll help you make better decisions, right? It'll tell you what you're wasting time on. So I hope that was a really good conversation. And I hope that you enjoyed that. Our little discussion. I hope you enjoyed hearing the birds sing behind me. Um, so my next big project is going to be to get that big wood kiln here. And I may file for some grants and maybe even take out a small loan, small business loan maybe, to get that pad put in, get the pavilion up, and get that kiln up. Um, so that's going to be my next big project, right? Maybe the kiln gods can help me out with that my uh my dad my dad came over and uh he's a he's a big wood stove guy uh we've always burned wood as a kid and um he went the pellet stoves when he got when he got a little bit older and didn't feel like splitting wood but uh he came over and looked at the spot where where uh, i was gonna put the kiln and help me figure out wind direction so i'd get a good draw the stack for this kiln is going to be 20 foot high. And uh, he's looking around at the trees. 
talking about downdrafts and things. So he really pointed out some really good things. And uh, he never even seen a wood kiln in his life. Um, he looked it up when I was talking about it. But uh, just from wood stoves, he was able to give me some really good input. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And I wanted to tell everybody I launched a new Facebook business page. The other one got hacked up by bad guys. I, I didn't have access to it, and I lost seven years. It's still there. You can still see it, and it's still being displayed. But I started a Creek Road Pottery Part 2 because I think with this wood kiln, um, it's going to take this work a whole nother direction. And so, if you want to be the first to come over and like that page, I would really appreciate it. Just say hi. Um, I lost over 3,000 people with losing that page. But you can always restart. And you only need one or two people to help you do that, right? So if you want to be the first, come over and like the page, follow along. And I'll be posting on how that wood kiln project's going. I got a few pictures up about it so that you can go over there and see it. And hopefully uh, next month I'll have some stuff stacked on pallets. My big goal is to get it over here by the fall, right? If not up by the fall. I just need to get it here to say I have a wood kiln. Once it's here, um, I think half the battle is going to be over. All right, friends. Well, hopefully you enjoyed that conversation on a lovely Sunday morning. Uh, I have to run some pots to a gallery show down in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They're having a summer member show, and my work's going to be there. Um, taking some stuff in today, some carbon trapping examples, and some, some cups, right? Gas-fired cups. Treadle-thrown gas-fired cups. Well, the reason why I've been making a lot of cups, I know I'm droning on here. Um, I just been working, and I just don't get the handles on the mugs, right? So, <laughs> so you make cups. You make, you make lemonade out of the lemons. Well, take care. Hopefully you enjoyed that, and uh, do good work, and happy potting.